0: Fuck yes, Eric.
1: Welcome beyond the new I don't know. <laughs> Welcome. What's I gotta memorize that song because I wanna be the MC from Cabaret someday. Just yeah. start meowing. Meow, 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 meow. Welcome to something, something <laughs> roller derby, the podcast about roller derby. So, some stuff about roller <laughs> derby. I was like, what's our tagline? I don't know, all the feels on eight wheels is already taken. Don't hate roller skate is sort of our tagline at the end. I don't know if you've got a good idea for a tagline for this damn show. Let us know. We could we could use it. Anyway, I'm Hammer Abby and I'm Alligator and we're back. This is episode number three. Yeah, toi, um, uh, toi, un toi, yeah, right. I'm trying to <laughs> think of as many languages as I know it, and it's not many because, of course, I grew up in America and our education system sucks. Anyway, um, <laughs> which is <laughs> truth. <laughs> truth. <laughs> the people who teach are wonderful. I, my mother was a public school teacher. I guess I mean the the system as in it is underfunded and we don't teach language and I want to make that clear because now I feel bad for having said that but we love teachers we're not great <laughs> at foreign languages yep it's the truth that's about the Americans truth. America all right anyway so this is the December episode of something something roller derby and we have been working on all sorts of interviews and things that it's great so we have all this stuff in our back pocket now yeah. to use for future episodes but we have some specific stuff to share with you this iteration of the show because uh, we've been traveling in the last couple months and we've been to some places and we've talked to some people. We've been some places... Man, we've been some places.
2: (laughs) It's just going to be a musical-themed episode, Um, for better or for
1: worse. Uh, But Allie and I had the great pleasure of traveling to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for the WFTDA championships that were held in very early November. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were announcing after a fashion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We were on team announcer
2: for the weekend.
1: We did weird things, though. Both of us did things for the first time that we had never done before. Never have I ever. It's true. You got to do some sideline reporting. I had never done
2: that before. Yeah. And you crushed it. and Did some really great stuff. Did some improv with Smarty Pants. That was
1: was a a high moment for me. And uh, um, getting Peace War to sing some Selena was also uh, pretty great. Fantastic. And a little dance outro uh, with Misty Maven as well. Yeah. That was uh, was nice.
2: Not a bad time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I got to work on the social media side of things. So I did some sideline interviews, but uh, some uh, Facebook live events, and then got to work on the Twitch channel. Party desk. Yeah. On the party. Party desk on with, the sports desk with Coach Marone, with Coach Marone and Plastic Patrick, uh, and Hammer Abby. Oh yeah, I did. I, I did make, make a an times.
1: appearance once and looked at the wrong camera because there were three cameras and I was very confused. I know. It's, I don't put me on camera anymore. Yes,
2: You're too bad. pretty. I'm <laughs> too pretty. I too pretty i can not think.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, but, but you guys killed it. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Uh, it was uh, something that we built upon from last year's Facebook Live and social media events that you and Coach Marone started up mm-hmm. with uh, the WFTDA. And uh, they kind of pumped it up and brought it to twitch.tv uh, slash WFTDA if you want to look it up.
3: Um, oh, yeah,
1: it's still there if you want to watch all of the... It was great because you guys did interviews and yeah. game and goodies and facts and all kinds of stuff there was a couch that people got interviewed on yeah not in a weird sexy porn way but like in a very straightforward professional fun way yeah um So yeah. it's all still on there on that Twitch uh, channel. If you guys yeah, and it
2: out. Uh, as of right now, the total views on the Twitch channel are a ninety two thousand seven hundred twenty two. Wow, that's a lot of eyeballs. That's so that's many, many eyeballs. eyeballs. Uh, uh, and it's been interesting the uh, kind of pushback on Twitch as you know. There's some there's some misogyny on there. Well, because the platform is
1: is uh, largely used by gamers mm-hmm. um, and such, which have a uh, let's just say a bumpy history with their relationship <laughs> <Game or gate. laughs> to um, being decent human beings. Yeah. But it was really fun to see uh, people
2: from our own community kind of stepping up and uh, doing a little bit of that gatekeeping and dropping the hammer, if you will, Ooh. on uh, some of them. Uh, so it was, a, it was a great experience, I think. And it was a really awesome to get different exposure for the roller derby community. Uh, yeah. And as we know, in derby, there's going to be people that come and watch derby for all the different sorts of reasons. If we get their eyeballs on it, I'm, I'm all right with it.
1: Right. I know. It's just the no PR is bad PR kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Being on uh, ESPN2 as well, which was um, bumpy Mm -hmm. this year because of a couple of outside factors. Um, We got bumped. So like the champs game was supposed to get broadcast live that Sunday night. And it was bumped to the next week because ESPN had their whole issue with that. I don't know. They hired they signed a contract with some thing that was like a podcast or a web show or something but they didn't really properly vet it and it turned out it was kind of terrible and controversial so like a couple days later they canceled it and it threw Ooh. off their whole scheduling and so we got bumped and, and someone was telling me we bumped like when they, when they did finally air the championship it bumped like the Stanley Cup or something like that Whoa. so I don't know I don't know what happened um, but we did get a lot of new eyes yeah. on roller derby because I remember seeing it was really funny because since we were all home from champs by the time it actually aired you could go on Twitter and see people reacting to seeing it on ESPN2 yeah. and people who had never seen derby before and it was you know some people being like oh this is really cool interesting and I don't know what I'm looking at that, but this is neat, and then some people, some people just like
0: spouting. spouting off
1: about like Derby's not a real sport, and how dare you interrupt my like twenty-four hour soap opera coverage of football for this thing so that was uh pretty fun but again seeing the derby community step up and make some comments and educate some folks slash occasionally drop the hammer which i mean ask me first is all i'm saying don't drop me on people without me knowing about it it's it's i'm just covered in bruises at this point and i'm i'm a lover not a fighter
2: yeah ask for permission (laughs) consent is always good
1: right um i do want to make a note so something happened during champs that got a lot of attention, and I think rightly so, the bit of a controversy or bigger bigger controversy, actually, mm-hmm. where um, one of the announcers did make a wildly inappropriate comment during um, one of the games, and I'm forgetting off the top of my head which one it was, but it was Double H made a comment that referenced the Trail of Tears uh, in, in kind of a flip way, which is um, if you were, God willing, speaking of the bad education system in America, you have mm-hmm. learned about in America, but in the world may not know. Um, a reference to a really terrible uh, genocidal period of time uh, toward the Native Americans when they were made to re- forcibly relocate from mm-hmm. their homelands to elsewhere. Um, so Double H made an apology. Uh, immediately on Twitter and one that was released through the WFTDA as well, went through official channels. And there was um, some rightful backlash about that. Mm-hmm. And I know that she felt terrible because we talked to her in person, but I don't I don't want to go really deep into this because yeah. what I was happy to see was that there was a lot of engagement with Team Indigenous and uh, the folks who were involved in that, making statements and helping people understand why this was problematic and, and really holding... Um, our organization the WFTDA that a lot of us are members of accountable for this and and asking for accountability and I think this is a good ongoing conversation. So we don't have time to address it on this this particular episode but I wanted to let people know that it is something that we are working on for a future episode. We've Mm -hmm. been talking to folks from Team Indigenous in particular because we want to center their voices here um, to dig into the issue just of like sensitivity and inclusion and really putting our money where our mouth is with those non-discrimination statements and things like that. Yeah. So uh, because I think that's we think that's worth a pretty much like a whole episode and really giving it the time and the space that it needs. We didn't have enough time uh, to put that together for this episode but it is something we are working on for the future so hopefully we'll have that together pretty soon and y'all can take a listen and tell us what you think and send us your own thoughts and opinions as well and hopefully it'll do some good to just get those uh, get those voices and ideas out there to the the wider world so i wanted to make a note about
2: that yeah so stay tuned for that conversation to happen in the future on
1: this podcast on this podcast ss roller derby ps uh transitioning to plugging basically Mm -hmm. our own show um we still need music submissions, so we had a great music submission on the last episode we had the sex wings from minnesota uh submitted some of their music so we got to play that and it was great Mm -hmm. but i haven't gotten anything since then and I can't just keep playing my own band on the show. I mean, I, I can't. We're gonna. I'm going to use it as the the transition music always. But um, we would love to feature your music. So if you or someone you know who's at all involved in roller derby in any fashion or just a fan of it even and has some music of any kind that they would like us to share and promote on the show, we'd love to do it. Yeah. Cause, and also for free because we're not going to pay them for it. Or that we don't have money to pay
4: them for it. We don't have it. money. We would love
2: to. But... We are not able to. But what we can so. do is
1: promote you on yes. the show so we can talk about your band and where can people can find your music and how they can buy it and where they can see you play and all that stuff because we'd love to share that around and have some cool music on the show yeah. as well. Everybody wins. And the way you can do that is you can hit us up either through our Facebook page, which is under Something Something Roller Derby, or you can email us at ssderbypodcast at gmail.com and let us know. You can also find us on Twitter at Derby. That's our handle on the Twitters. We are on there. We talk to folks. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to engage with us there, that's also allowed. Yeah. So hit us up. SS Roller Derby. All over the place. Yeah. Send us your music. Uh, you can also send us comments, um, questions, suggestions, We've got people reaching out on Facebook with all sorts of interesting ideas and questions from yeah. all over the world, too. We just heard from someone from Brazil. So I know. So that's cool. Yeah.
2: So, uh, you know, we'll be addressing some of those questions uh, in future episodes if we haven't already. Uh, but yeah, please continue sending them in. We look forward to talking with you and uh, hearing what you are interested in hearing about in Derby because we have our own thoughts. But it's nice to have
1: either confirmation or uh, new
2: thoughts coming in
1: to Yay, us. Yay, new thoughts. Mm. Speaking of new thoughts, uh, let's get into our first interview of the show, because we've got a really awesome one that we got when we were at Champs in November. Allie, who did we talk to? We talked to the lovely
2: and amazing Electra Blue. Uh, She is one of the co-founders and creators of this lovely modern roller derby movement that we you know we're listening to this podcast about and that the we, sport
1: the sport that you play right now is yeah. is largely in thanks to people like Electra Blue.
2: Yeah, so she started with Texas and uh we have some other information and uh, some fun stories All to hear. All the goodies
1: about where we come from. I think my favorite moment, one of my favorite moments at Champs before we go to this interview was Electra Blue was on the house mic announcing something and just said to the crowd um was it y'all do do you all like roller derby y'all like that roller derby and one of the announcers you know backstage in the green room heard that and echoing her as though he was her just like, you want me to create another one <laughs> y'all want me to make one more of those and <laughs> make another roller derby for you because you know literally <laughs> electro blue did actually help create this game
2: yeah uh and on a side note uh if there is any background noise, this interview was done in a weird side room with uh, other teams outside the room warming <laughs> up and doing cheers. So we'll see if any of that bled in. Oh, it'll I'm be sh- interesting. I'm sure it will, but it'll be like yeah.
1: really great color uh, background for the you'll, – you'll feel like you were there with us. Yeah,
2: backstage.
1: Uh, and big ups to Twitch for lending us a microphone because I'm an idiot and we drove all the way to Philly and I realized I hadn't brought my microphones with me. So uh, Twitch hooked it up. Thank you very much for that. And so uh, here we go. Nice interview with Electra Blue.
2: Hey, this is Alligator again. (laughs) Uh, We are here with Electra Blue from... Texas Roller Girls. Uh, usually when we chat with people, we ask them, how did you get started in roller derby? With Electra, it's really fancy because we get to ask you, how did you start roller derby? How did, how did you help
4: to start roller derby? How did I help to start <laughs> roller derby? How long you been around? What's, what's, what's your backstory here? Well, My backstory is, is some flyers that went around Austin, Texas around the early 2000s. Uh, about roller derby and i remember watching it on tv as a kid in san francisco the bay city bombers in fact um and uh i was always good at roller skating and it seemed like a fun thing to do at the time and uh so a bunch of us got together um there was uh a group of ladies from different bars that started kind of on the red river music scene so it was a bunch of um you know people that were going out and going to the clubs like emos and uh some of those clubs downtown and Austin, Texas, and then... I'm
1: really excited that there was a bar called Emo's. E- mm. Emo's, That's yeah. Still, it's still there,
4: actually, but okay. the original one on the Red River is gone. And there was Club DeVille, so it kind of, you know, it was sort of a bar scene uh, originally. Um, but, you know, I was a, a, sk- a skater, and I was like, this looks like fun. Why not? And you know, there was a, a rough beginning. I'm sure you've uh, heard a little... <laughs> A little uh, movie called uh, Hell on Wheels. You mm-hmm. might mm-hmm. recognize me from such films as Hell on Wheels. If you haven't
2: checked that out <laughs> and you want to learn some more derby history, check that out. There's a lot of uh, good documentaries and books out there, but Hell on the Wheels is definitely one of the good starting points for everyone if they haven't seen it yet.
4: Exactly. So that's the story of you know the early formation and the split, and then how after that Texas Roller Girls formed officially in 2003, uh, we actually got our name that was the working title for Hell on Wheels at the time, and we asked their permission because uh, they weren't set on that. And you know, after the split, if, if that could be our name. Um, but I mean, it was all very organic. Uh, the split wasn't never meant to be an evil thing unfortunately just people took it the wrong way and this was, is this one you know, between
1: is flat track and bank track that you're talking well, about well it was it
4: bad girl good Women productions was the original mm-hmm. name it was roller derby was trademarked at the time and we didn't, we didn't want to step on any toes with all of that um and uh but you know there was some controversy women getting together if there was the the she that sort of started to kind of take over ownership of the league when we, uh, we felt that we were all contributing equally, mm-hmm. we're all putting the work in. Um, so there was a little, a little strife and 80% of the league walked out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we reformed um, the Hustlers. Uh, the team that I started actually was the fifth team. and We actually never skated um, as Bad Girl Good Women Productions because uh, we had split right before that. So the Hustlers were the only team that no one had seen, and then we kind of renamed the other three teams. That purple and, uh, flashy team that just came out. The purple flashy team, Ooh, yeah. exactly. Um, that's awesome.
2: Um, how did you get your derby, or how did you choose your derby? What's the story behind that?
4: Well, that's an even funnier story. So that actually happened probably the Halloween before I saw those flyers around. Some friends of mine decided to go as a 70s roller derby team. <laughs> yes and uh with the knee socks and the short shorts and all of that and then i had uh an electric blue wig and i wanted something that's kind of centered sort of 70s you know drop the u dropped the e on the you know on the blue to be the electro blue and uh so it was my halloween costume and we went uh two days in a row with the first day we went to several parties around town and then the next day we went to a bar uh called club de ville actually in Austin, and there was a karaoke competition, and we, mm-hmm. we went the next day with bruises and all that and a trophy, and so it was like a two-day oh, Halloween fantastic. costume kind of thing. Love it. On skates or off skates? On skates. Yes. Oh, yeah, on skates. And ironically, none of those, those four friends and myself, and n- none of those women actually ever joined roller derby. Oh. But the, you know, it's just funny. And then three days, three months later, I started to see flyers around. I was like, well, that was kind of weird. So. Yeah. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. The world
2: was telling you something. Yeah, no, you, you heeded the call.
4: Exactly.
2: So you skated for many years uh, with Texas. Um and but you are still involved with Texas, not as a skater. What sort of roles have you filled? The different roles in your league.
4: <laughs> I guess the answer, which would be, what haven't I done I was there? So maybe down. I mean, at you know, at the very beginning, I was you know did sponsorship for the league, so I uh, procured uh, Lone Star as our uh, number one sponsor. Uh, and then just did that for a few years I've served as uh, production I've done uh, operations I've been an advisory board member um, I actually designed the flat track that we uh, are now skating on we went through a few incarnations of it when we were starting the league basically taking the bank track dimensions and putting them exactly under the floor but we could see that people were skating out of bounds and. Uh, I was taking AutoCAD at the time for oh, no, interior design. I was going to go back to school for interior design, and so I sort of played around with it a little bit. And we tried it out, and that's the track that we're all skating on right now. So that that's amazing. One wow. <laughs> were there were there any tweaks that you had to make to the bank track uh, measurements
1: and stuff like that? Was it just like minor? So there
4: was what we just couldn't find. There was no exact measurement. There was yeah. bank tracks that I, that were like a oh, hundred oh. by fifty. There was bank tracks that were eighty by you know. And so yeah. we kind of came up with. Um, some kind of, well, I, I did some speed skating, and so it was based on my stride. I'm 5'5", five five, so I'm an average height woman. And so it was kind of, it was like three long strides in the straightaway, and then three on the crossovers if you, there's nobody else on the track. And then what would, you know, what it takes. I don't know if you look, NASCAR tracks are wider mm-hmm. on the outside, too, because right. centrifugal for force or whatever, but they are a little bit banked. So it was basically a way to keep people in bounds without going out of bounds, and yeah. you had to still on a flat light surface, light, yeah, still give them a little, surface, little, a little, little extra room. room. So yeah, oh. so you start on the outside so. at thirteen, it goes to fourteen, and then to fifteen feet. Of course, everybody that has to lay the track hates me for it. Yeah, Jackie Daniels. I've got know the, that I've belt got the belt buckle. Belt buckle
1: with all
2: the measurements yeah. on it. That's a little rubber fantastic that's a that's a great story also i did not realize this until yesterday but you are responsible for the very first helmet covers (laughs) that were ever existed
1: like helmet panties
4: anymore right right
1: right. well and and i think it's interesting why they had to be created i think most people don't realize that there was a time when we didn't have (laughs) helmet covers
4: well there was no helmet covers so in the original roller derby the only people that wore helmets were actually the jammers so obviously we all wanted to wear helmets (laughs) yes so we started off with just like stars velcroed to our sides of our heads, but you know, you bump into somebody, that star's falling off and all of that. And because I was doing speed skating at the same time, I was at, at Playland, so, you know, a lot of us were doing speed skating to improve our skating. Mm-hmm. Um, they wear them when they're in teams, you know, you have a helmet cover on there, on your, on top of your helmet. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, you could sew a star onto that. So Tinker hell uh, one of the other seamstresses on the league, and I made a pattern and that's where the helmet covers came from, <laughs> and uh, you know we didn't think to you know make money off of that kind of no. concept. No. Oh dang it! Too busy making roller derby happen, I guess. I know. Oh Grounds. priorities! Dagnabbit! I uh, know priorities.
2: That's so funny. Yeah. How would you do a star pass? Just
1: un Velcro
4: and hand the star.
1: Yeah, much. <laughs> Very like being in like Mario or something. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then
4: they wouldn't always stick. And some people's Velcro oh, it was it was ridiculous. Is your star cover is it showing?
2: <laughs> nope, it's not even on there. <laughs> The stash was much easier in those days, too. (laughs) Right, exactly. So, again, I don't mean to harp on it, but you are a, a longtime involved volunteer with roller derby, and I find that people's motivations and connections to derby can sometimes change over the years. So what keeps you coming back to derby, and what keeps you still involved with roller derby and kind of your passion going?
4: Yeah, everybody keep, they just keep asking me back. I don't know. I keep trying to leave; it doesn't work out so well. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's just you know, I help create this thing, you know, and I just like you know, I'm not ready to wean the baby, I guess, just yet, you know. But I mean, the te- you know, my team's always excited to see me when you know at these at these tournaments, and I called the game today for Texas, mm-hmm. and they came over and thanked me, you know. It's, it just it helps them, you know, when they when they know I'm here, and you know, even though. I you know, mean, I did a very uh, you know unbiased call I think, but you know it's still exciting ex- exciting for them too. And yeah. I love Gotham too. I mean I've known them. I mean they're you know yeah. little sisters too. I mean we've known them. All of these leagues, I know all of these leagues. They're all for, your babies. They're all my babies, I know.
3: <laughs> but
2: I think that, that that is so special to be able to have a connection with a team. And as unbiased as you are, it's still so meaningful, I think, to be able to call your team, to be able to like do their roster lineup and just see them and be able to support them and represent them um, on the track and on the mic. Right. Um, I think that's... That's an opportunity for people that want to announce maybe someday in the future that there's a future for you in derby when you're done with skating, and <laughs> no, it's absolutely. many options or rapping um, or
4: minnesota mm-hmm. or any of that. In fact, uh, you know, what, some of our announcers started on the officiating end of things as yeah. well. So there's lots of opportunities in roller derby. Yeah, o- off off skates, as it were. Off skates, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and just I think the community is one of those things that just is very sticky in that sense that just keeps you from from floating away is that those are your friends and those are your family that you develop um you know and that's those are the people these are people people.
4: well I mean there were stages too you know going along like you know like oh well maybe I'll leave but then but then you know junior derby happened I'm like oh you know that's the future of roller derby and then international roller derby in Mm. fact I um I brought the hustlers which is the team that I founded back in the early days to London in 2010, I helped write a letter of recommendation for London Roller Girls, and I brought Bloody Mary out there, and that was, like, their first WFTDA, you know, like, apprentice, like, you know, deal to try to get, you know, under the uh, WFTA umbrella. And, you know, they rented this big expo center, um, which... I helped with the finances with all of that too, and my my father actually lives in London, and so he actually went and helped scout oh. stuff with the uh, Bette Noir, Wonderful. and um, we made it happen. It was yeah. so we did a three day clinic from, and people from all over Europe came. And they did a great job with production and all of that, and, and they're playing here today. So there yeah. you go. And, and that's it, you're like the Johnny Appleseed of yeah,
2: the <laughs> well, and Texas has a great a great history of doing that. I know mm-hmm. that the Hot Rod Honeys just a year or two ago went down to South Amer- or South Africa mm-hmm. and did a clinic and did mm-hmm. bouts, and I think that is
4: actually was uh, South Africa was the honky tonk heartbreaker. Hot Rod Honeys went to Australia a few yeah. years ago. So, and then the uh, Hot Rod Honeys were the first ones that went international, I guess. They went to mm-hmm. Canada and then the Hustlers went to London. Um, but, you know, that was all home teams. Of course, now there's the travel teams that yeah. are doing that. So, so how, does,
2: how does a home team go about deciding and then funding and going and doing that uh, to go do international travel? Do they get a lot of support from the league itself or is a lot of fundraising on their own? How is that? Uh,
4: it's usually fundraising on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hockey Tonk Heartbreakers have Booty Queen, who's from South Africa, okay. and was on, coached uh, and helped with Team South Africa, too. So, so there was a little motivation on that end to you know bring all her friends to South Africa. But I think that um, a lot of international, I know Australia, I know South Africa, too, they actually helped fund the entire thing and paid for tickets because they have more government assistance in the sport than we do. It's like every other country basically every has country. government assistance exactly. for supporting yeah. programs Germany does the uh, yeah, yeah the uh, yeah. bomb the bombshells and um yeah most most countries do have a little funding mm-hmm. if you're doing something that's different from something else, Australia is actually very good about it some
2: t- what's your favorite like story from early days with hydro or Derringer? some of these fun <laughs> names that we well, Hydra, been,
4: the tra- the name the trophies named after yes they were they're pretty um Crucial in the formation. It was ULC originally, United League Committee, um, which started um, when we started to reach out to other leagues. Uh, Tucson and Phoenix were the first two leagues that we played. Mm-hmm. Those were the first, you know, anything outside of Texas. Um, and so then we felt, you know, this, we started to get these groups together. And added people was along the way. Gotham were a pretty early start. Uh, Carol, Carolina Roller Girls, Madison. <laughs> well, Lucille Brawl was. And Cracker, Jack, and Cracker Jack, yeah. Jack were sisters, yep. and yep. so that uh, helped all of that. So, um, and then you know as the group got bigger, I, you know they were coming up with other names, of course, which you know WFTDA now his Flat Track Derby Association. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I don't know favorite stories. I mean, God, you know those. <laughs> I just think like the, 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 the,
1: how different things were with the sport at the time, and sort of I don't well, know, what stands early, out to you is like that early was so on, different. I mean,
4: it was yeah. I mean, and we started as it was sport entertainment, you yeah, know, I mean, essentially because there was not many of us could skate. I, I was one of four that could actually skate. You know, and then, you know, the rest of the, had the the look, right? So um, I was actually kind of terrified for some of them because there was some some crazy stuff that went down. It was way, seri- I mean, tripping and grabbing people, and, you know, we yeah. actually practiced stuff like the whip and the, and the clotheslines. And and the fighting moves, if I and remember. And fighting, like, uh, How to, like,
2: hit someone on yeah. the helmet with your wrist guards your, to make it make sound noise. and look big, yeah. but it wouldn't actually have much impact.
4: Exactly. And
2: we would actually practice fighting.
4: Yeah. yeah, when you have a nemesis, you know, so you kind of, so that's that's kind of what drew me a little bit too. So it was sports and it was also, you know, I was in, you know, art and theater and all of that stuff. And so I was like, ooh, I get to wear makeup and, and, be, and go kick some bitches on skates. I mean, how awesome is that, <laughs> right? right? You know, the fishnets I don't think were ever a very good idea because the fishnet burned. But, you know, we've moved on from that. But, I mean, there was always a part of us that, you know, I, I have a sports background. I played soccer. I did swim team, I like, you know, team sports. And and um, so I came from a sport background, kind of tomboy growing up. Um, but there were people that didn't play the game at all, and so we had to kind of have some way to draw them in. A lot of the music community in Austin actually helped uh, promote that. We started, you know, we had halftime bands all the time. I mean, we had bands play for no money that are big names now, you know. Like, uh, Group of Phantasma is one of them. Um, we try to do some, you know, keep. We had a lot of punk rock at first, of course, but then we tried to open up, you know, more of diversity, and mm-hmm. so bringing in some Latin bands and that kind of thing. Um, uh, Ghostland Observatory played for us for like 200 bucks. So that's a pretty big name nice. now. I think we paid Grupo Phantasma $250, and I think they get like 10 grand at a wedding now, so uh, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> it was a deal. It was a deal. um, so many, I mean, so many more bands. They're actually listed on our website. Some great music, amplified heat, a lot of local bands, a lot of punk. You know,
2: yeah. You but, guys have a history uh, section on the Texas Roller Girls uh, website that people can check out. Yeah, uh,
4: TexasRollerGirls dot org. There's, yeah, there's a. I think all of the bands listed that we've, you know, that played for a while. I mean, since then we've taken the bands out of the mix a little bit because we are now the entertainment. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, there was opportunities for us to do a reality show, um, and we actually... They came to us first. I don't think you remember the A&E uh, mm-hmm. show. Um, they actually came to us first, and we weren't comfortable with the whole thing because we wanted to be a legitimate sport. That was always our intention. In fact, we, you know we always used to say like oh we want to be on ESPN not A&E and here we are ESPN so Yay. sorry sorry A&E but they got another story because they got the bank yeah. track league and that was a much better fit anyway and and today we're a legitimate sport and yeah. ESPN so there you go yeah. <laughs> we got our wish it took you know 17 years but not that's bad not bad in, and really? in, you know and yeah we're, I mean technically all things considered we're still a very, a very young, young sport, sport right? yeah 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 I, I, I'm,
1: I feel a little overwhelmed, honestly, because you have so much history with the sport that I'm like, I want to talk about all of it, and I don't I feel know. like we have enough time to go into everything, <laughs> um, and I'm like, we but but we have this opportunity to sit down and talk to one of the founders of the sport. Like, what We should ask everything. We have this opportunity, but we'll have to we'll probably have to just check in with you from time to <laughs> time and, and get more.
4: Check it from time to time. I mean, there's so, like, you know, what's your favorite story? I mean, those early years were, you know, it was crazy time, I and mean, we were having a lot of fun. The after parties were fun i the queen of dancing on the bar, you know, there was a lot of that at the after-parties. Um, you know, people have got a little more serious now, but there's, you know, I still like, you know, the after-party thing still happens at the end of the this whole thing, even though you've been beating each other up all weekend, at the <laughs> end of the, you know, weekend, you know, pants off, dance off, or whatever is going on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fun times at the after-party and hugs all around, so it's, you know, it's a community, it's, you know, I guess I found my tribe, and, yeah. you know, I... Thank you. I keep pulling. trying. I keep trying to escape, but it's not. Actually, I'm not really trying that hard. I, saying, I, don't, I don't feel like I don't feel, see a I don't lot of like effort like right tra- now. It's you know, I'm, well, I'm suckered in. It's the like my pull my no pull my arm. No, oh. no, <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm like, what do you still want this old lady up here for? But you know,
1: uh, you mean this person with a lot of institutional <laughs> knowledge and who does a great job of announcing? Which I think that's the final thing I'd love to talk to you about a little bit is when you made the transition to announcing and doing that work, and you've been you've been doing that for a number of years now, and you tend to do it at the the D1 level as well as just back at home and everything, but um, what, what drew you to announcing and like, what do you like about it? What are the challenges in announcing that, that keep you on your toes?
4: Um, well, I'm, I guess I'm just kind of a ham. So when I stopped, when I, when I stopped skating and I, you know, I skated for, for medical reasons. I have I, rheumatoid arthritis is what mm. I was diagnosed with, uh, which is actually totally fine and stabilized, but a full contact sport, probably not the best idea. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I just wanted to find a way to, you know, continue to be involved and, you know, calling the sport of, I mean, I know it, you know, very well, so it was not, that wasn't a difficult transition. And I don't have problems problem speaking in front of people, so put the two together. I can wear onesies, you know. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Announcers get to
1: wear great outfits. We're not just stuck in leggings all weekend, which, exactly. I mean, leggings are very nice. No, no shade. No. Nope. Um, so uh, do you have any particularly memorable moments as an announcer, things that you were really proud of or that sort of stand out to
4: you when you were calling a game or working with someone Oh my gosh! I mean, all of the moments are great. I mean, every every you know, tournament's brand new, and they you know get these new faces, and you know people with so much talent. I mean, just listening to the feed just now in the room, we were all talking, and like, wow! It just it's just the level of profession professionalism, and I mean, you know, the production, the replays. I mean, the whole thing is just it just gets better. You know, like. How can I go away? And uh. it's, it's international is not enough. I mean, then there's juniors too. Exactly. So we're gonna watch another generation come up, and it's just gonna keep going. And there's people there's... and people keep having babies. I've seen two of them out there already. So <laughs> we're, we, we we're have future future roller people
1: all over the place. You know, yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Electra boo, Blue, sorry, Electra Blue bamboo. <laughs> boo. <my> it's <laughs> sort of close to Halloween. Let's just say that Electra Blue of the Texas Roller Girls, one of the founders of modern roller derby. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Let's get it in the mic. Oh, God, we can add that special feature. <laughs> oh, that's alligator popping all her joints. Oh, thank you, connective <laughs> tissue disorders. Oh, so, Yeah. Whew. All right. Feel better? Yeah, I do. Okay. Thanks. Well, on that cheerful note, welcome back. We are going to dive into some more conversation here because something came up shortly after we got back from Champs. It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows unfortunately it was a lot of sunshine rainbows we had a great time it was actually pretty good weather too in philly i gotta say oh my god it was super nice crazy late fall nice warm weather you know that eerie sort of the weather that you're like i'm really enjoying this but also i can't enjoy it because it feels like the end of the world because climate change that kind of weather um but not everything was sunshine and rainbows is the point because i came back of course and someone had to shit on my good time by posting a really Uh, transphobic post in the reddit roller derby forum so a lot of people in the roller derby world if you're on facebook especially probably saw this get passed around it has since been deleted Mm -hmm. by whoever initially posted it um and it spawned all sorts of gross comments on uh, the reddit post as well but i think it did help uh highlight that this is still very much an issue in roller derby as much as we might like it to not be um and something worth engaging with now I am, I have the, I am privileged because I am cisgender. Um, I, I encounter non-privilege in other ways because as a, I'm a queer-identified woman. I'm a pretty darn masculine of center presenting, and I call myself genderqueer. I identify as a woman, but as a very genderqueer woman. Mm-hmm. So I've certainly been uh, screamed at, yelled at, chased out of bathrooms, um, misgendered. Uh, had people say shitty things about me or come at me. I was even, you know, physically attacked as a younger person a few times. However, all of that said, I have not had nearly the trauma <laughs> that so many, unfortunately, so many trans people face, um, you know, just sort of dealing with the internal uh, not identifying with your body um is a really big deal. But then having this whole society around you telling you that there's something wrong with you, that you are fundamentally broken mm-hmm. um and that you don't belong anywhere. Yeah. Or you have to fit into one of these two boxes. Right. You just those two. Just those two. And they and the very specific look to those mm-hmm. boxes. And it's like, who the fuck fits into those boxes? Even people who call themselves, yeah. you know, cis and heteronormative and all those those punchy words, it's like, I guarantee you those people have things about them that if they were truly honest, did not do not fit in those those tight mm-hmm. little boxes. But anyway, the point is um, obviously I have feelings about this and we had some discussion about this online as well. But I wanted to address it on the show because I I really do feel like the part I can play here and that I must play because I am not immediately emotionally wrecked and triggered by people making these posts because it's not targeted at me directly. Mm -hmm. So I have the emotional bandwidth to be like, hey, cut it the fuck out. Yeah. Um, I understand that not everybody has the same experiences, and people have questions, and people haven't had the same level of exposure or education, and I have sympathy for that. I have more sympathy when you're willing to acknowledge that you have different experiences and you lack that, and maybe you don't understand someone else's experience, and you don't take it out by like disparaging their very existence or their right to be in your community. Yeah. When you start doing that, then I'm gonna I'm gonna start mama bearing a little bit. I'm gonna get a yeah. little angry at you because that is actually damaging to people's very health and well being. Yeah. Um and it's, damaging to the community. Damaging to the too. community that I freaking love mm-hmm. and can absolutely do better than this. And I think what was really troubling uh, beyond the transphobia of the post cuz so this post was basically questioning the all all this ranting and <laughs> I forgot to say what the post was about. Yeah. The post was questioning and well not even questioning saying that they didn't feel like the, um that transgender women had any place on the teams that were playing at champs and this mm-hmm. was clearly being written by someone who was a member of another champs team so yeah. they they portrayed themselves
2: as a member of another D1 team that was playing at playing champs.
1: At champs. And that they were mad that some of the other teams had transgender women on the rosters, mm-hmm. and there were at least two that I am aware of who mm-hmm. I am friends with um who were playing for the different rosters and Let me just tell you, these people have worked their butts off to get yeah. those spots yeah um and it's you know so it's it's, it's angering on many levels, <laughs> like how yes. dare you, and how insulting. entitled <laughs> yes. and insulting is that. Um, and it's just disappointing as fuck. And I, again, I, I, I have sympathy for people who just maybe don't understand and have questions and have been fed things by popular culture that are sort of misleading. As long as you're willing to engage and just be a decent human being mm-hmm. about it, but stuff like this um, really brings to the forefront like how important it is to to back up the non discrimination policies that we put out. So the yeah. WFTJ has one and Gloom. Who is now, I think, like chair of the diversity and inclusion committee, newly so, mm-hmm. um, and is a trans woman, uh, and put out a, a statement that was a recommitment to that non discrimination clause and supporting yeah. all identities within roller derby, which is great. Um, and there was some discussion after that about how do we give that teeth? Mm-hmm. You know, not so much like how do we crucify everybody who fucks up, but like, What do we do to make sure that leagues and people, that there's good outreach, that there are education and resources and tools available to them? Mm -hmm. And then also, like, holding people accountable. Like, how do you do that? Because... There are leagues in all different kinds of places and and societies and may have more or less exposure to people from different walks of life, Mm -hmm. different income levels. This obviously applies to race and ethnicity and culture and all that as well. Yeah. um, Which is something we will get into in future episodes. But
2: But yeah, how do you have those dialogues with maybe someone in your own league that
1: says something kind of turfy? Oh, and what what's that term? What's what's a turf? So, uh, TERF? So T E R F stands for trans exclusionary radical feminist. You will see it uh, used occasionally because there are people who. Um, dare to use the word feminist to describe themselves while saying that uh, transgender women are not women and transgender men are not men. Although you hear that less, interestingly enough, from the TERFs. They have less issue with transgender men for some reason because, which it it kills me. It's like the whole point of feminism is that we're not supposed to be, um, biology is not destiny. Mm -hmm. You know, our our parts do not define us and they do not stick us in boxes and they do not relegate us to something. And yet this is exactly what TERFs are doing to a whole other segment of society. Yeah. So I ain't got time for that shit. So our little
2: explanatory comma there, Um, but you know, how do you have that conversation with someone, uh, or open that that space of dialogue with someone, maybe on your league or a friend or a teammate that says something turfy that that you know rubs you the wrong way, or that you're like, ooh, ooh, that didn't feel right, Um, and even having some of these conversations about things that mask as. As uh, concerns, so, about yeah, people right. being aggressive skaters or different comments like that that are like masked at kind of dog whistling. they borderline, yeah, mm-hmm. right. You know,
1: and it, this is something that I was guilty of in the past for sure. And I, I, hear sometimes these smaller things that you don't necessarily think of in the moment because you haven't had direct experience with being like, oh, that's you know what? I, it, you wouldn't say that about someone if you you know if you didn't know mm-hmm. that this person was transgender. Or was a transgender woman, um, and it was just a skater, you know, who happened to be a little bit extra aggressive or uh, skated really hard or like was new and just uncontrolled so far. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't probably make a big point out. You would just try to work with them and train them yeah. and like, you know, things would be fine. Um, or you wouldn't even see it as being aggressive or mm-hmm. out of control in the first place, except that you have this thing in the back of your head that's coloring your perception of this yeah. human being. You might say,
2: oh, they need to work on their core strength. Cool. Not, yeah oh, they're out of control, and I don't you know, like right.
1: most of the time they're not like I've run into people who are out of control skaters and and like can't learn or won't learn, mm-hmm. and they're problematic and guess what ninety nine percent of them were cisgender women mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. and, it's and, not I, and on top of this that like not all trans women or trans men y- you can't
2: tell yeah. that's the magic of our world and the magic of medical science well and, and I've just like just everything yeah that that like you don't know if I you know or the person sitting across from you how they were born or how they were identified or how they I mean, you've
1: also got intersex people yeah. and you've got people like some even like myself that some people read as male mm-hmm. or as non-binary and will default to they them with me I'm like well I'm I actually identify as she her and I'm not like how dare you yeah I'd sort of appreciate the neutral if you don't know until I identify but yeah the whole point is like You don't know. Yeah. So and and there's this problem with like, you know, it's called passing privilege, quote unquote, within Mm -hmm. the the community, too, that like, you know, not everybody wants to transition physically. Mm -hmm. It could be just, you know, it's something that you feel and it's an identity and that's very valid. But, you know, they don't want to like mess with their body or they can't because they can't afford it because it's crazy Mm -hmm. expensive and there's a lot of loopholes you got to go through. So there's a million different realities and desires like as as many people as there are there are versions of a trans identity or a non binary identity so mm-hmm. um but yeah the, i mean the point is like all the all the arguments that get thrown out about why they why trans people shouldn't be in roller derby especially trans women shouldn't be in roller derby it's like you'll get the oh they've got more testosterone so that's a that's like doping you get a boost and it's like well guess what <laughs> not, not real not, not real um <laughs> lots of people who were assigned female at birth um have higher testosterone levels mm-hmm. than normal. It's a thing that happens sometimes. People's testosterone or people's hormone levels are all over the place in yeah. general. There's and no very individual based and right. can be based on so many things,
2: like their own body chemistry, other medications they're on. Not the food they eat. You know, like mm-hmm. how much they
1: exercise. It's very and if a trans person is transitioning medically, if they're mm-hmm. using hormones and stuff like that, trans women, that tends to knock your testosterone levels way down even below yeah. like what's normal for a biologically born assigned at birth. Uh, female, so mm-hmm. it's it's there's a lot of interesting research around that in general. But what it comes down to is um, it it's not a defining factor. What matters is like the person who shows up and does the work and practices yeah. the thing. So like, even if you have some extra strength because you know you went through puberty with a lot of testosterone and that does ab- absolutely does make a difference, mm-hmm. um, but. You still have to show up and like learn how to play the sport well. Yes. <laughs> and you have to be part of the team and you have to do this work. You have to earn your spot on that roster. You, you have, have to earn That, your that spot.
2: team has to earn their spot to champs. It is not that that team had a trans skater and that's why they went to champs.
1: You know, like what? No. I mean, I'm sure any one person would love to think that was true of I them. Mean, but it's a team sport. It doesn't work yeah. like that. And it's, it's also just not based in science. And frankly... What we were talking about even before we started recording Alligator Mm
0: -hmm. was
1: the idea that Roller Derby was started specifically as a community for, like, the underdog, outcast, weirdos, like, all comers. Because people who had no place in anywhere else in sports or uh, community... Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why we have so many people in roller derby who've never played a sport before, regardless of their gender identity, because they didn't feel comfortable or they were actively yeah. ostracized from those places. And roller derby is supposed to be the place yeah. where you can come and at least that's not an issue. Yeah. So please stop making that an issue. Don't bring in like the uh, the mainstream culture's bullshit that we are intentionally trying to buck with this and put it into roller derby.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, please,
2: we, we are a grassroots based uh organization and uh, movement and you know bringing it back to like the punk DIY mentality of you know being inclusive and welcoming the outcasts like I am I am not a sports person (laughs) that I found roller derby and it is like you know reached into my heart and is the place for me and I've definitely found myself in that and I know that there are So many stories like that. And just because I am a cis, you know, presenting woman that, you know, like that shouldn't just be a place for me, that that is a place for everyone. And in so many different levels of the spectrum, roller derby can help and can be a place for you. But we have to make sure that we maintain that space and right. that place for people, and
1: that's and that's going to be a lot of speaking up and stepping in on mm-hmm. behalf of uh, if you've got trans folks that are in your league or friends or potentially in the league. Like you have to be willing as the you know cis identified person to step up and, and do more of the work because frankly, and this is again this is true when I talk about issues of like racism and things like that. It's like if you are the person in the more privileged position, you have way more emotional bandwidth. To dedicate to stepping, and it's sh- it is your job. It's your job if you want to actually be actively anti-racist or you know um, anti-transphobic. Like you have to take action. Being anti is active. It is mm-hmm. not simply just stating I am this thing and then never doing any- doing anything. It's having those uncomfortable conversations. It's stepping in. Even like um, you know, I I had to have a very kind but firm conversation with a league mate about uh, you know using. Um, uh, <laughs> there was a, a, a penis nose piece, like a, like a glasses mm-hmm. that had a penis as a nose piece. I was using to like taunt someone who was like, "Ew, gross! No, I hate penises." And I'm like, you know, there's, there's, I know for a fact, there's a couple of people in this room <laughs> who who are women mm-hmm. who have penises, and that's a really horrible thing to be like, oh, you know what? There's, they're they're openly taunting and denigrating this part of my body. It's like that's mm-hmm. not that's not nice, yeah, <laughs> you know. Not- and we wouldn't we wouldn't tolerate that if you were like. Vaginas are gross and ugly either, yeah. like, <laughs> regardless who, who is the owner of that vagina. Like, mm-hmm. this is not okay. And the and going back to the whole, like, how dare you so- call yourself a feminist and you're trans exclusionary, um, feminism is very specifically about lifting up everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not about cutting anyone down. It's not about excluding anybody. It's not about one being better than the other. It's literally about saying that everybody has worth, mm-hmm. that every identity has a place, that you should be treated equally and fairly regardless yeah that's what it's supposed to be fucking about so i have no time for this yeah but at the same time i have to make time mm-hmm. uh when we run into these issues and make sure that i'm standing up and, and doing what i can because the other thing i want to talk about real quick is just like if someone i was just uh, the post i put on facebook is like if a transgender person has done the work and made a roster and gotten to a champs level team um Honestly, I'm like, I'm even more impressed because Mm -hmm. the amount of bullshit that trans people in general have to put up with to be true to themselves and to live their honest, authentic lives is so enormous right now. I mean, it's getting better bit by bit in places, but there is just the, the average lifespan of a trans woman of color right now is 35. Yeah. Like, that's horrifying. Yeah. And we need to be actively working to combat that. Folks have had so much trauma in their lives. Let's not, let's not add to it. Let's mm-hmm. let's be better than that and at least create this one space where where people are supported and lifted up for who they are. Yeah. And yeah. Yes. <laughs> and yes. yes. Let's just say yes to that. Now, if I if I've fucked anything up here and you have comments about it, like I'm not perfect on these issues and I'm I'm the, obviously this is not my lived rea- reality exactly and I am mm-hmm. I am always open to getting, uh, you know, checked and called in. So, um, but if you have thoughts about this at all in general, please let us know. Yeah. Uh, and you can you can drop us a line, ssderbypodcast at gmail.com or hit us on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Let us know your thoughts. Um, or if you have ideas about, like, how leagues can be actively inclusive, not just diverse, but inclusive, mm-hmm. doing the outreach and providing tools and education, what, yeah. what good modes are for it so that the, hopefully the WFTDA can follow suit and and, and help sort of spearhead some of that as well with their their committees and just offer this offer Mm. this some something tangible to leagues to to be better on these issues I know something that was really valuable to me
2: personally uh something that MRD Matt Roland our uh, league our league here uh did a few years ago for during one of the all league meetings uh we had someone come in was it from gsafe
1: or, uh, it was from the K- UW, the U- U- University of Wisconsin's LGBT Campus Center. Uh, with their former director now. Gabe, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, a guy named Gabe came in and did a training. Yeah. And it was a wonderful training. And it, you know,
2: it kind of bare minimum in terms of like a starting point. It was a one on one. Yeah. It was a great. And it was really like, here's the difference between gender identity between uh, sexual identity and like how you like the differences between these things so that you can wrap your head around it and Mm -hmm. that you can also or I was able to wrap my head around it in a better way and that I was able to then talk about it in a better way and I've used that information with talking to my parents Mm -hmm. about things about talking to other people in the community um, associated not at all with roller derby um and then it has also assisted me in speaking about roller derby and these topics as well, and having a better open mind and a kind of a, a softer uh, reaction, I think. And yeah. Just-
1: when it's sort of recognizing that different people are in different places with this. So like not everybody is steeped in feminist theory mm-hmm. and gender theory and like deep into the blog posts and the and the writings like I am have all these buzzwords that we use on yeah. like the lingo. So, you know, kind of assess where your league is at and see what level of, you know, there, it might make sense to do just very basic one-on-one training to help because if someone's never had the opportunity to learn this stuff, it's going to be much harder for them to to do better. So you got to yeah. you got at least start with that, that basic, the basic training to like here's here's the basic premises and ideas and yeah yeah. and then uh hopefully that can help um start better conversations and understanding and create a better environment for everybody again depends on what level your league is at or Mm -hmm. what issues you're currently having i mean that's gonna depend but i i really hope that this is something that we can overcome.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, and then we can support each other through. And then, again, if you have suggestions for ways that you as individuals uh, can help support this or, you know, uh, create dialogue in your communities or ways that your league can uh, take initiatives. Can or has. Or, yeah, exactly. And examples. Love examples. Um And ways that you want to suggest or see the WFTDA or other organizations within Roller Derby uh, take action on, uh, you can shout out to us. We would also encourage you to shout out to those organizations that you are member leagues of Uh and not just talk to us in the void. But uh, (laughs) we appreciate your feedback, as too.
1: Excellent. So that's what we've got for that. I just wanted to make sure we addressed it a little bit and I suspect this will be well actually I can guarantee you this will be an ongoing conversation on the show mm-hmm. we will have some guests in the future who can talk to this more directly and personally as well which I'm yeah. excited about so uh, that's uh, let's uh, We'll move on to the next segment you're listening to the SS Roller Derby Podcast with Hammer Abby and Alligator <laughs>
2: So last month, we were lucky enough to sit down with Husker Stew and Chad of the Aquaman Army. The Aquaman Army is a traveling and body painting cheering section for the Minnesota Roller Girls all-star teams. And the Minnesota Roller Girls are based out of St. Paul, Minnesota. If you have never gone to one of their home Ooh. bouts, we highly suggest attending. Yes, ma'am. Uh, some of the best bout production in the land at the Roy Wilkins Auditorium. Indeed. Uh, so head up there. Uh, and uh, listen for this interview right now.
1: Okay, so we are here in the depths of the Aquaman Army basement layer, awesome movie screening area. I don't even know what to call this like, cave of some sort. Anyway, uh, uh, Hammer Abbey here with Alligator, Hi. and uh, we're doing the Aquaman Army interview. We've got Husker Stew. Did I pronounce that correctly? You did, aka Stew, and Chad.
2: <laughs>
1: Just Chad. Just Chad. Just Chad. Uh, although we did go through many of your other possible names, so yes. you know, there's there's other possibilities. But Chad's a fine name. Um, and they are so the Aquaman Army, of course, is the basically the fan crew for the Minnesota Roller Girls. And you may have seen them at such things as playoffs and champs, usually bearing chests with big letters painted across them. Yes. and a whole series of amazing uh, coordinated cheers and chants and songs. Um, so we're going to talk about basically how on earth this got started, why it got started, what it is, and just like how to do good fan engagement like this. Why it's important, um, and what you guys do basically. So uh, let's let's start with tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you got involved in the first place. Like how did you start doing this? Whichever one, way, whoever wants to go first, please jump in. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, there there are a lot of different stories that that kind of led to this um i always tell people the first the the first reason that a group assembled was i did my first roller derby trip uh, as background i'm married to diamond Ruff. Um,
1: <laughs> i guess that's important yes yes
3: um and she said uh it was early in our dating history and she said you should come with we're going to do this out of town roller derby bout it would be fun and um I stayed in a hotel room with a bunch of other skaters, and you know, my thinking, I was, you know, I had never traveled with roller derby before, and I thought it was going to be, you know, party drinking. You know, it's going to be like round the clock, and then oh, there would also be skating. And um, the first night, about ten o'clock, the lights were off, no TVs. I was sitting on the edge of the bed, just pouting. <laughs>
2: Where's my party? Yeah, <laughs> like
3: this was supposed to be fun. And then, so I came back from that trip. It actually was a lot of fun. We had a great time. But um, I came back from that and told a few other people, and I was like, you oh, know, I thought it was going to be parties all the time. And then it's just something clicked, and we said, well, why don't we get our own hotel rooms? And, you know, we, we of course did it under the guise of, oh, you should have your own team time. Like, you take care of you, we'll take care of us. We'll be fine, don't worry about us. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, and then, you know, we'd roll in at 2 or 3 in the morning, and, and so that's what kind of got the group assembled. But the first time it really came to a head was... Uh, at back then the divisional north uh, north central divisional tournament in Madison no green bay green bay by Tundra. By the Bruce
2: city Bruisers yes. in yes. green bay wisconsin huh. um
3: and mm-hmm. we uh, we had made it past the first game everybody freaked out and we just started calling people and said you should come you should drive from drive from minneapolis and come come to this tournament we'll put you up on floors we'll put you up people were sleeping in window sills at the aloft which was just really funny but um i uh, I knew we were in Packer country in mm-hmm. in Green Bay, and I said, like, she's like, surely we could get some people to paint their paint their bodies. Like, that's what, it's totally normal here. And I did not think anybody would go along with it, and uh, we went to the uh, Halloween store, because it was right around Halloween, and we just bought a bunch of Aqua and Army paint, and I started going around, like, if we, if we paint our faces or chests, would you guys be in?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And we had a list of, I don't know, like 30 people... <laughs> And it was spouses and other leagues, and everybody was in, and we had enough. We had enough to spell Minnesota Roller Girls, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Minnesota yeah. Roller Girls, or yeah. like, it was, it was a massive number of people. was <laughs> we a lot. Like, the full were, spelling. <laughs> yeah, people were painting exclamation points on butt cheeks. People were like, there were thirty of us in a bathroom and just painting each other, and it was just, it was really fun. There, there, are, there is a picture from that somewhere, but it was, it was glorious, and that's. I, mean, I, I think.
5: We even got all of the letters uh, facing correctly. Yeah, we
3: we have had a number of uh, dyslexic incidents. The and, and mirror then, um, sometimes goes a little wrong. Yeah, that N looks perfect in the mirror, and then not as perfect. Yeah, in real life,
1: but just as amazing. <laughs> and Stu, what what brought you into all this?
5: Uh well, I've been um, I've been watching roller derby since 2007. I am I am married to Scarmin Helectra. All right. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Well done. (laughs) On my part, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
5: And I've been, you know, traveling for, traveling with roller derby to tournaments and things since 2008. Um, And our, you know, our extended group of friends includes a lot of soccer fans, which, so there, you know, there's... A certain degree of culture about you know shouting things and you know some of our friends are associated with the dark clouds which is the which is a long-standing um twin cities soccer uh supporters section yeah. uh, originally with the what the thunder but then yeah. there were the stars and the, now they're the united and um but the uh the idea of having songs for players uh came pretty much directly from that
3: mm-hmm.
5: um though and they, and
3: they had a songbook of a, you know one one or two page just leaflet they would hand out so people could follow along cuz they 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 would sing full songs oh, with geez. all of the and and they're they're great
5: yeah <laughs> um i mean so we we drew a lot of inspiration from that um you know there is I think that uh, soccer fandom does tend to run afoul of rule zero a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the uh, don't be a
1: douchebag. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right.
5: So, um, so we tried to we tried to pull back from that aspect of mm. it.
3: Mm-hmm. Do the roller derby slash Minnesota version of it, <laughs> right. the nice version. But we, I mean, we we like it when people laugh at us. It, so yeah. it's our goal to be entertain. entertained entertain whether it's the refs or the skaters or or, yeah 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 we're we're
5: we're proud that we're to the point now where uh refs don't even bother pretending they aren't cracking up
3: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> we've had a few refs come over at you know halftime like you guys are cracking us up can you tone it down we're like Nope. nope. <laughs> you
1: have no power over me. You're right. <laughs> I
3: signed what, what, no waivers.
1: <laughs>
5: what are you gonna do? Penalize the team captain because
1: yeah, because somebody
5: sang a really funny song.
2: Right. Oh my gosh. My fa- one of my favorite of your guys is is the uh, of y'all's is uh, the Count of uh, Sign, which is if you've seen uh, them at at uh, games. Uh, they will count up with the official reviews or timeouts. Uh, do official timeouts count into that count?
5: Um, or is it's it just team timeouts.
1: It's
2: only official Yeah, okay. only
5: only official reviews. Official timeouts. Are official timeouts. Yeah, <laughs> Their official reviews only get counted if they get converted. <laughs> and if it's a timeout for injury, we don't. We increment, but we don't cheer.
2: Yeah. 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 We need so, but the cheer is that they have this amazing sign that has the count from Sesame Street on it, yep. and let's say you get up to four, everyone will go four, 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 four official
3: timeouts, timeouts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yay! It's always one of my favorites. Yes, mm. I mean anything that references the count from
3: you Sesame and Street. And we right. we did that originally because the that count, was... the, the person who played the count, passed away, and we oh. did. it I think we did it as like an homage to him once. And then everybody laughed when we did it. And we're like, well, people are going to, we're going to get a laugh out of this. Let's keep going. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I think uh, Killsbury Doughboy started that one at uh, Brew Haha one year.
3: Yes. Mm. Oh,
1: well, that's sweet <laughs> at the yeah. same time. So uh, you've got a whole series of chants and, and songs and things like that. Is I mean, there are there any that have particularly good stories behind them or things that are, or ones that are favorites of yours or anything like that?
3: Uh, a lot of them are pretty organic. Um, some of uh, Again, we have a lot, of, uh, a lot of soccer fans, and they will come up with them on the spot. And early on, we would forget to write them down. We would, you know, we'd know that it's gold. We need to, you know, <laughs> we need to remember this. And we'd never remember it. Um, so we would just, now that now we all have cell phones, we started texting ourselves or emailing work. <laughs> so we were able to remember much more of them. But um, a lot of them have been retired as skaters retire. Uh, my personal fa- favorite was Fanny... Fanny Tanner. Yeah. Um, it was to the tune of
5: um, We're not going to take it we're anymore. We're not going to take it. And you can't touch, touch our, our fanny. <laughs> no! You, you can't, can't touch our, our fanny. fanny. You, you can't, can't touch, touch
3: our, fanny our fanny anymore. And we never had a chance to use it against London.
4: That oh. Would, that would have been. That like, would have changed like, the
3: meaning. Yes. Yeah. That would have been Conspiracy. the holy grail of that cheer.
1: <laughs> London or an Australian or,
3: team. We, we, we did. We, we, oh, we use it. A, a, uh, she changed her back to her civilian name, what, right before we played VRDL. Oh. Or, oh, like, Come on, we still sang it. But. Do it. Yeah, Do it. yeah, you got it.
5: But it, there, it wasn't a, it was not appropriate and not appropriate. <laughs>
2: yeah, yep, yep. extra special. Yeah, yeah, and so the the songbook that we refer to is actually has a name. It's the Aquaman hymnal, and I believe is this a a. A rights reserved or registered trademark. Registered, registered trademark.
5: trademark. That it's, <laughs> we we haven't actually registered it. That's it's just,
1: that's, it's just a <laughs> threatened uh, would, it, would
3: be. Uh, has standards. it ever
1: been sent through the mail? Because that's the that's the poor man's copyright. If you send it to someone in the mail. Mail this
3: to us. Yeah,
1: I won't open it. I promise I won't open it <laughs> or show it to thing. anyone. But if we need it for uh, legal, just proof. say we need that as an option. Just mail, I mean, literally, just mail it to one another. You know. So yeah, so this you. And you guys like you pretty much invite anybody who's interested in the game to come and join you guys, right?
3: Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and we, you know, we always request that they return the hymnals because mm-hmm. we don't we don't want them shared widely, right? Um, but yeah, we back when it was kind of one and done tournaments, um, people would, if your team was out, they would come cheer with another team, and mm-hmm. there were times when we had you know a hundred hundred people cheering with us, and and that that was always really awesome. But yeah, we have. Fans, spouses, friends, complete strangers, people from other leagues, um, an occasional announcer on their break will come and cheer with us. We've had we've had some fun with that.
2: Yeah, the the I put me in the back because I'm in theory not supposed I'm supposed to be impartial, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna paint my face a but little I want bit. It. <laughs> they, they won't recognize me.
3: <laughs> and and uh, Stu was talking about uh, Rule zero. We we really we really stress no no yelling bad things. Um, Sometimes after a few drinks, some of us kind of toe the line and yell at refs or calls or other people. Um, I'm a big violator of that, so thankfully I have a a team of friends to calm me down. Yes. (laughs) Um, But as far as writing the cheers, um, one of the people that isn't here today who's a big member is uh, Apocalypse Wow. He wears... The uh, luchador mask. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, K
5: fade. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> I sold him out. We've, we've said it's been a number of people, but um, we refer to him as the conscience of the Aquaman army. Oh. We run the cheers by him. He's like, mm, it's kind of getting a little douchey, like let's scale it back a little it's bit. Good so, to have it. It's good to have someone like that. He's <laughs> really good at it.
2: you so. <laughs> like, I respect the humor of that, but... And yes. It walk back.
1: it back a minute. What, you And you've got cheers for every single member of the team,
3: right? Skaters, uh, coaches. coaches, mascot, um, A team and B team. Um, we have a couple that aren't in the hymnal for photographers. Sometimes other coaches. Um, like we did, we did a, a one for Justice Feel Good, mm. and to a uh, doctor Feel Good. I was going to say Tell yeah. me It was to yeah, yeah oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes we just write them on the spot. Sometimes we <laughs> print them out, hand them out. Um, but yeah, we have some for announcers. We have some for we we've taken a lot of the referee ones out because they kind of towed the line sure. sometimes mm-hmm. sure um but i think we have them for a ton of people yeah yeah i
1: i i guess i, I guess i'm going to have to set a goal as an announcer to have an Aquaman army cheer for me someday. I want to see the Google
2: Doc where all these live. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so
1: is it is it a real joint effort? Because I mean, I'm looking through all these individual ones, and it's like you know, to the tune of songs that people would know for the most part. But then there's you know, there's there's actual unique lyrics. Yeah. So like, who's coming up with all of this?
3: uh anybody has. I mean, a lot of people have submitted things. Yeah. Um, I I have written a lot of them. I know you've written a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 really a joint effort. There's. I would say I do a lot of the editing just because I have the document, but um, people have written them, handed them to me and said, what do you think of this? And we've, we've either used them or adapted them. And yeah,
5: we'll, uh, we'll just come up with something during a game and try to try desperately to remember (laughs) to, to type it out on the phone before we, yeah.
1: Uh, there have I think, been
5: so many that are like that's too good. We'll never forget
3: that. That's yeah, yeah, and then we always forget. But yeah, I, I think we have what, so. 39 is real for 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 fans oh. as well. As oh yes. Players. Well, we didn't we didn't want to be. In, and no offense to the fans that that do the blah 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 clap 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 like that. Everybody yeah. does that, but it's 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 really boring to do that ten times. During well, yeah, the game. Like if
1: that's the only thing you have. Yeah. Although I gotta say, announcers at champs got real hooked on the uh, crime city. Uh, cheer oh up, yeah which Gosh. is super catchy that yes. basically yeah. became the announcer cheer yes. for everything thanks, thanks. Yes. yeah yeah Gets the instigator well, award which which you- makes me, well, kind of brings me to this uh, line of, of discussion because um you guys are basically i mean i'm not gonna i don't want to diss fans for other teams in the us and stuff and they're great but you're the only ones i can really think of in the united states that have sort of an organized presence and have a variety of cheers and then Going to Malmö, Sweden, and watching that playoff—I was not yes. in person, but I was like, oh, I was thrilled. European sports fans
3: know what's what, what's up. You yes. know, they've
1: got cheers, they've got uh, things that they wave. Like it's a whole thing, and it's probably cool. also soccer fans. Yes, yeah. <laughs> One, I think that's, that's largely what it is, is. I mean, having friends who are from some of these countries, I'm like, yeah, it's a lot of like that's the soccer culture, and they brought it to the Derby tournament. It was yes. fantastic. Yes, uh, so. You know, were were you guys there for that? Were we you, weren't there, no. but as soon as we heard, yeah, all of we're us about... were
3: writing each other. Like, yeah. like they're like they're doing it. And, you know, we're 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 doing we're doing the right thing because if they're doing it, and yeah. we we very actively encourage other teams to cheer for their for their skaters. Yeah, and we I mean we in Des Moines was a prime example. We went to watch uh, Team United play against Minnesota. We were cheering louder than, there, there were like four or five of us there, and we were cheering louder than their fans, and we're like, your, your team is doing great, like, cheer for it's them. whole game, And yeah, then yeah. towards the end of the game, their announcer was, like, you know, w- with a wireless mic in their fan section trying to get them, yeah. and I was like, this this is what we need, so yeah. we, and, you know, we've we've played against Windy City a number of times, we had a very good back and forth with them, not, not at all douchey, just very fun, like, we would do a cheer, they would do a cheer, mm-hmm. and... We, we really encourage people to cheer for their skaters. Well, that's why we're man. there.
1: I guess not novel of concept. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I think, I, you know, it's I, absolutely as a skater, like, that's awesome when you've got cheers. Like, it feels really good mm-hmm. as a team. So I'm curious, like, the feedback you get from, you know, the, the team from, from Minnesota. Um, but also, like, what does this do for the people who are at games? Like, as opposed to just sort of sitting and watching passively, like, why do you... like. What does this do for folks? How does this improve the experience? I mean, it seems sort of obvious, but like, have you talked to people about this? How do you feel about it? You know, like it why, certainly why improves. Do this?
5: It improves our experience, right? and we know.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and you know, we're You're just
1: sitting around drinking the whole time, like talking shit. You're active.
3: Well, I mean, there's that too.
1: <laughs> yes, I'll gives us some structure. I said not just. Oh okay, yeah, okay, okay yeah.
5: <laughs> we we try to be quiet when we're when we're talking shit. Yes. Yeah. Won't say we never do, but
1: wow, it's a sports event. I would yeah. expect no less. But I mean, do you get do you get a lot of feedback from like more of the team or from other people in the audience or, or anything like that? We
3: we do, and I I think the the first thing we should point out is we don't do this for us. We're not we're not that self serving. I mean, we we love to do it and we love being an ass in front of people, but we couldn't do it without the skaters, sure. and that's something you know people will interview us, and I think. They get bored interviewing us because we keep saying it's not about us; it's about the skaters. And and
1: uh, oh no, stop!
3: Please no! <laughs> yeah. Like keep the camera running. We're going to no. keep talking, but it's still about the skaters. Um, but I mean, we couldn't do it if, if they weren't out there doing awesome stuff. And I always, you know, every chance I get, I I thank the skaters for not being awful because <laughs> we don't have we don't have to lie. Like you, our team our team is the greatest, and we love them. And so it's not like yeah, hey, you're the greatest, and we're going to support you <laughs> no matter what. Oh, but, why did you do that? But it, it, it it's super helpful that they're awesome and um, we when we realized we had three or four skaters we had cheers for, we're like, we can't do just three or four skaters. We have to do the whole team and then that turned into we have to do the A team and the B team because we don't know who's going to flip flop and we're going to go to B team games and I think that's how the, that's how the hymnal grew from four or five songs in our head to we didn't write these down so we don't forget them and now it's, Twenty pages, <laughs> yeah. stapled.
2: It's quite a yeah. I quite. A I think in Madison, I showed up at one point. You guys were still collating and stapling things before the first <laughs> time in, in the audience doing makeup and collating. I was like,
3: nice job. Yeah. But we. Oh, I, I should also say we're, we. Were, I don't think we're the originators, and mm-hmm. we kind of styled ourselves after the Nashville fans,
5: the belligerent Nashville, the belligerent fans. Nashville fans, Ooh. which.
3: We're belligerent and and we didn't we wouldn't kind of be the anti Nashville even though their fans turned out to be very fun to interact with mm-hmm. but they said a lot of things that were way over the line and <laughs> angered a lot of people so we said you know we we would like to cheer it in a way that would get us invited back people want to come <laughs> back or want us to come back and I I think for the most part we've been pretty successful yeah. <laughs> but the Chicago Minnesota. outfit
5: they also have a great fan section or at least <laughs> I, it's been a while since I've since I've seen them, but we learned a lot from them at at uh, playoffs in 2011. I think yeah. we just sort of agreed. All right, we're all cool. We're we're just going to hang out in the same section here. We'll we'll teach you our cheers. You you uh, will will learn your cheers. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorites of theirs was always the "No big deal, no big deal, no, no big deal, deal, no big deal." deal.
0: <laughs> I just, just like put something yeah, going call all and go right. your way. Yeah,
2: like, yeah that that. All, cool. right, that really <laughs> that's all right, that jam. Everything's fine. That's jam. All right, that's so delightfully chill. <laughs> I like it. So I heard that uh, there was one time when you went to the XL Energy Center and they made you put your shirts on.
3: What? I know. What? We had no idea. Yeah, there was that level of discrimination <laughs> against bare skinned people. Um,
5: <laughs> profit is only without honor. And- in their yeah, own they, town. They yeah, they
3: were the, the security there was not not friendly with us about <laughs> no. about putting our shirts on. Um, at a
1: sporting event though, like
3: uh, if I were to guess, there were probably some incidents in the past with uh, hockey fans uh, and some belligerent behavior. hockey fans. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> but we uh, we kind of f- found a way around that. Um, I for one always travel with a um, uh, women's small tank top from the Brawl of America that I will put on if you ask me to not be shirtless, and you would probably rather have me shirtless. <laughs> than, <laughs> than look, tiny, look like a stuffed sausage. Tiny tank but, top. Um, and uh... We the crop top all the way. Yeah. <laughs> but we we came up with with some uh, some T-shirts with letters painted on them, and um, we use those at those events where we're not allowed to be shirtless, and it's also nice for some of our shyer people who don't want to be shirtless yeah yeah options and uh
5: i think we we stepped it up a little bit this year i found some um i found some sublimation dyed t-shirts with an extremely hairy chest
0: Mm. the the
5: print doesn't match the body at all the nipples are somewhere under the armpits but (laughs) i got heat transfer letters mnrg on those so now we can always we can always uh fill out the the acronym, at least.
2: <laughs> Represent as needed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of little quick ones. Uh, any specific paint suggestions uh, for body paints and or hot tips for that?
3: Um, you need to bring baby wipes mm-hmm. or makeup remover or camo off. That, <laughs> that's the new one we found that de- works very well.
5: De- depending on, you know, depending on how fragile your masculinity I had to, is. I had to bring this down. It's,
3: oh. it's Palmer Paint Products. They make face paint for clowns and for fairs and things like that. Um, It it works the best, Mm -hmm. Um, and they also have a lot of colors. But we specifically use the aqua, or I think it's turquoise here. But um, and then we have the grease paint from the military surplus stores. Oh, that's green. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so that's that's what we use for our aqua and army colors. But um, there's a lot out there. Mm -hmm. Um, They make like chapstick pens. That you know you can you can use on your skin, not just your lips. Those also work. But there's there's a lot a lot of stuff. We talked about getting stencils because sometimes it's we have to paint letters in a hurry, and yeah, that's probably a poor idea for us to spray paint each other. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've chatted, I've chatted about like,
2: oh man, the option of like oh, an airbrush would be so much more efficient. But then you're like, I have to learn how to use an airbrush and then clean
1: it, and I don't want to clean things. <laughs> like, no.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Cleaning is the worst part. No. Yeah. There was... were there were years before we before we discovered good ways of doing it. And mm-hmm. We used to just go into the go into the venue bathrooms, you know, crank out a bunch of the really rough paper oh. towels and put hand soap on them and just like
1: oh uh,
3: and just like it would come out our chest and be red. <laughs>
1: yeah, and not not even like fully re- free of paint.
3: Mm-hmm. Just imagine. squishing
1: it around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah
5: exfoliate about three layers past
2: (laughs) and then do it again the next day yeah Yeah. oh man um and then any any throat remedies and or longevity remedies for a tournament weekend there's a lot of yelling i find myself i i get sometimes just burnt out on one game of yelling so being a fan and having to last through a multiple days is challenging so how do you as fans uh how do, you, how do you pace yourselves and or just plan for a long tournament weekend? What's your training schedule like? <laughs> we, we
5: do have yelling practice the week before.
1: <laughs> yelling practice. Yeah. I like Plus.
3: this. It's just an excuse for us to drink in somebody's living room and go, go through, go through the hymnal. Go go project.
5: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wish I had better, a better answer for this, but really we don't do a great job of pacing ourselves. <laughs>
1: Maybe that's half the fun, really. Yeah. Just go nuts. It's a learning experience. Yeah.
3: I, I should say, we've had people that have cheered with us that said, cheering with us sometimes take the, it takes the enjoyment out because we're you know flipping through the book. But, you know, we're still watching the game. Yeah. We still we still know, you know, someone's, somebody did something amazing, we're going to do their cheer. And I'll just yell out the name or the page number, and then everybody flips to it, and then continues watching the game. So it's mm-hmm. not... It's yeah. really not that intense. It's like
1: a really intense church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah. The best, yes. The best the best kind, the one I want to go
2: to. Right. We we, were yeah, we
5: we have gotten complaints from people who have joined us that you need to make your cheers more friendly for drunk people. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're we're drunk too, but we also, the, uh, we also know the yeah. we also know the we know the hymnal they by now, so it's
1: try harder. <laughs> All right. I got a question for you. What's the furthest you've ever traveled and gone to cheer on at a game?
3: I mean, guys, technically, distance-wise, L.A. or or Seattle is probably further than any of the East Coast places, but...
5: Yeah. I mean, most of the... We've done most of the continental United States. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, do you you typically, as long as it's in the U.S., you will go with them when they travel somewhere?
3: Yeah, sometimes we have have one or two people, sometimes we have... uh, you know, twenty or thirty. It just it just depends on how many people can go.
5: How how much plane fare happens to be? Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. And that's that's a big big deterrent. But um, we we sometimes rope in a couple of uh, derby derby moms. Um, Secondhand smokes mom travels. Oh, are we? She travels to everything. And she she's a bad influence. She keeps buying us drinks. And <laughs> But she also loves to hear us cheer, so yeah. it's like she yeah. she will stand there with us and and cheer loudly with us. So Aww. we like we we love her to death. So,
2: mm-hmm. how did the Aquaman Army get their name? So,
5: the official colors of the Minnesota Roller Girls All Stars are aqua and army. <laughs> for you know the. You know, aqua blue and olive drab.
2: Not turquoise. Not no. blue. No, it's aqua.
5: And um, and John Maddening, um, our our beloved, well heckled announcer, yes. <laughs> um, often refers to the team as the Aqua and Army on the on the feed. And at one point, his um, the other announcer during a break leaned over him to him and said what's the Aquaman army?
1: <laughs> nice. And then history. Yeah. And then yes. it's it stuck. He
3: told us about that. And we said, well, that's, that's our, that's our name. That's <laughs> our name. Pretty good. Pretty good. So
1: what's, I, I guess we'll, we'll go out on this. We gotta, we gotta finish up. But, um, why do you continue to do this? What do you love about it? What are the, what are the moments that really, I mean, there's like standout moments that you could tell us like a story. Like in that moment, you're like, My God, I just love, love doing this. I'm so happy to be here. I mean, obviously you're attached to people who play the sport, so that helps, but (laughs) what's, what do you love about this?
5: I really, really like seeing the team celebrate after a win. Um, That doesn't really have anything to do with what I'm doing on the sidelines, but I love the sport. Mm -hmm. I love the people who play it. And it's... I'm not very good at playing it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm pretty good at cheering for the people who are. You know, find your strengths and play to them.
1: Yeah, that sounds great.
5: And my strength is looking like a doofus in public.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do it very well. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, and I, I I echo all of those those thoughts. I I've never been a rabid sports fan of any of any sort. I fell in love with this sport. Um, I fell in love with someone who plays this sport, and we're, we're both very loud people. <laughs> uh, I should say we were also going to do this entire interview with us yelling and just clipping the mic the whole time. Ah. But, <laughs> but, but oh, thankfully we did not I do really that. I really
1: appreciate you not we doing not that, do and I, I'm sure our audience does as well.
3: <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I, I, I will cheer her on for everything she does, whether it's roller derby or work or, you know, fun hobbies she wants to do. Um, I, I will vow loudly, vocally... Cheer for her if she ever runs for public office. You will see me back on TV
2: with your shirt on, with and my off. shirt off. Oh no, my I, god! I will, would... I will cheer her for yes. whatever she does.
3: But um, I just when when I figured out why other sports fans cheer like they do. Again, I go back to the Packers. I'm not even a Packers fan. I'm a Packers fan fan. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I I respect what they do, rain, shine, cold, snow, whatever, outside, inside. Like they're they're shirtless and loud and. They can cross the line a lot, but um, <laughs> but like the, the you know people people like it when they show up because because they're fun they're they're vocal and yeah. I I kind of embrace that
5: and they wear silly hats they
3: do wear silly yeah, hats yes very silly hats well that
2: they're fans of their team and they support their team and yeah. regardless of the of how silly they look that that's are they take ownership of that fandom whether you know whether legally uh or figuratively uh as the packers are and i think that that really shows as fans so that you guys take ownership and that you are involved and you have that direct connection and that uh feeds you and it feeds the team and as much as you say that you don't you're not affecting what's on the track it's like but you are in in a way it's not like that's my win but like that's my team's win and that's and that is that give and take and i think that's such a beautiful thing in derby is that people find their place and they have like that connection of how they connect to the game and it all adds into
3: it it's it's really easy to start something up and that's that's one thing we really want to emphasize to people is like this was not an organized situation at first it was just you know I didn't want to cheer by myself so I found somebody else that would also do some cheers and come up with with new cheers and then it just kind of snowballed and we you know now that we travel together we all split hotel costs so it became cheaper to do that and any anybody can do this and people ask like you should teach a yelling clinic I'm like like first off get a mailing list and then get together. Like, there, there's and your training. Just start yelling. That'll be a $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> make a website, you're going to make bang. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right,
1: well, speaking of that, let's go out on a cheer. We got to. Mm-hmm. So which one Which one is, like, which what's a good just all-around Minnesota cheer that we can, we can <sighs> end this sucker on? 26. Page
5: 26 or
1: number 26? Number, number 26, 26.
0: page okay. 3. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, See, okay. this totally feels like oh, church. okay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Alright, I will uh, yell the first line, you just yell what I yell. All right, let's do it. We'll try not to clip it out too much. I think we'll be right. Okay. (laughs) I don't know, but I've been told. I don't know, know, but I've been told. Where we come from's mighty cold. Where Where we come from's mighty cold. I don't know what you have heard. I don't know what what you have heard. Minnesota isn't scared. Minnesota Minnesota isn't scared. We're the best fans in this crowd. We're the the best fans in this crowd. crowd. Aquaman Aquaman Army's really loud. Aquaman Army's really loud. Sound off. One two, sound off. Three four, sound off. Sound off, Minnesota.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god.
1: Thank you us. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for all that you do. Uh, and thanks for being on the something something roller derby podcast Happy for to do it. Yeah. Yes. We're going to be looking at synthesizers and New technology has changed the face and sound of music. All right, so we got one last little thing, uh, item of business before we wrap up this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, something we decided to do on a semi regular basis and uh, I don't know if we're going to give it an official segment title but it's basically like what are you what are you stoked on yeah. in roller will,
2: derby right now I will say I listen to I listen to a podcast called the pop culture happy hour shout out to them and they do a what's making you happy this week which is
1: I think just basically good lord in the world today we're going to have to we need to hold on to those things
2: as much yeah. as possible or or on the side of the uh, code switch podcast what song's giving you life yes. shout out to all those great podcasts so many
1: good podcasts uh, but I, you brought this up and I liked the point that so alligator you've been in roller derby a little bit longer than I have I've been in
2: a little while I'm about to I'm uh, kicking off my 11th year in roller derby yes
1: damn that is impressive girl yeah (laughs) uh so the what are we excited about is good for just mental health in the world today but it's also good to check in and see to make sure that there are things that you're excited about in roller derby to keep you wanting to come back and be involved in the community and not just like a sad slog where you don't want to go to, everything's hard and you hate it. Yeah. And honestly, if if you can't find things that you're excited about and you can't make things that you're excited about, it honestly might be time to consider retiring and or, finding new things to do with your life. And that's okay too. Yeah. Or
2: take a break. Or take a break. Work on some self-care for a while. Yes. And then evaluate, re-evaluate. Do I want to roller skate? What makes me happy about roller
1: skating? Right. What makes me happy about hitting bitches? Well, and, and, do and I want to hit bitches what, still? <laughs> and at what level do I want exactly. to be involved? And I think one of the things I would love to have on the show eventually, we're going to have maybe a little roundtable with some oldies mm-hmm. to talk about how to handle derby retirement. Yeah. How to make that transition. Like what to look for, what how they made the decision, and then like how to do it. Because yeah. it can be a big change for people. So, mm-hmm. But let's talk right now. What's making you happy right now? I am really, really stoked this week
2: about uh, the Quad Squad, our home team. Here at uh, the Mad Rollin' Dolls. Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, our home team, the Quad Squad, is doing a little fun thing this year, Woo. and it's making some of my roller derby dreams come true. We are doing a heel turn. Woo. So our home team, the Quad Squad, are intergalactic superhero theme. Uh, and uh, this year, dun-dun-dun... There's things that have befallen the Quad Squad.
1: We've been struck by lightning
2: and we've been turned evil.
1: It's like the red kryptonite, basically, season yes. for, for Quad Squad. So to give you a little background, Mad Dolls has four home teams. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, two of them have sort of been dark and yep. two of them have been sort of light. And Quad Squad has been, obviously, as superheroes, were sort of the light side. And it makes sense with our personalities. The team tends to be a bunch of uh, ADD goobers. Yeah. <laughs> a Lovely bunch of folks. Um, But Allie had this great idea.
2: I can't take full credit for it. It's been one that's been uh, kind of simmering for Uh, a few years, but I I will take credit for uh, spearheading it. You did. Um,
1: Took all those notes and made the storyline of this heel turn where basically, yeah, we have this great comic strip that we had put together mm -hmm. by the sister of one of the skaters. Uh, on our team. Yep. That sort of gives the backstory about us going to this fortune-telling machine, and then lightning strikes it, and it strikes all of us, and it turns us, quote unquote, bad. Of course, because we're Quad Squad, it's like really silly kind of bad.
2: Yeah, we're not evil. We're just quote unquote hashtag bad squad. Bad squad. Our our evil superhero uh, power is the inappropriate use of peer pressure. <laughs> That's terrible. We don't kill people. We just. Encourage them to do... Naughty things. Naughty things. Yes.
1: <laughs> but it's been really fun to sort of change up the you know, the, the team logo and some of the look. We've added like a little extra accent color to our usual color. And like yeah. it gives us a chance to just sort of change things up for the season. Yeah. And I like this because there's some people who like to complain and say, oh, roller derby is no fun anymore. Oh. And here's the thing.
2: Or you have to dumb down the sport right. to make it accessible for the fans. And I think there's a...
1: <laughs> tell me how you really feel, Alligator. There's, this, there's a difference between the taking the game seriously and playing competitively on the track and not trying to alter gameplay to, to dumb it down or suit mm-hmm. it for whatever. And keeping that really real. And I love that. And I would never want to change it. Like, I take that seriously. I'm an athlete and this is the sport that I play. But like any other major sport where you've got stuff going on on the sidelines to entertain the fans and engage with the fans, mm-hmm. you can have cool merch changes and storylines and just fun games and whatever else. Yeah. So they're like there are places, there are so many ways to keep things fun for everybody yeah, while balancing it with the, the serious competitive sport and I love this idea for that so thank you for spearheading it you're
2: welcome and I'm so excited so bad squad activate uh, and I, as a side note uh, Hammer what's your evil superhero name this year? <laughs>
1: Well, I was really stumped. I was like, well, what's the evil version of Hammer Abbey? But most people call me Ham. And so someone rightly pointed out that the evil version of Ham is spam. Mm. So I am spam for the season. Um, Although I went the non-obvious route for my superpower being um, filling up people's email inboxes no matter how many times you hit unsubscribe, which I love. (laughs) Because that's that's like my life. I hate it. I hate it. So much email. Uh, But it's been fun. It's been fun to shake it up. So anything else you're excited about? right mm. now or is
2: that the big one just doing new face paint this whole season yeah. Yeah. yeah you get to change it up a little bit change up a little bit it'll be fun cool yeah well
1: I what am excited are, wait, what are Wha- you excited <laughs> about this week Hammer? oh my gosh well I'm excited because uh, I'm excited about all of that for sure uh, I'm excited about home season getting going um, but the big thing that I'm looking forward to is I get to go to mm-hmm. Manchester in February to announce for the Roller Derby World
0: Cup.
1: Manchester, England, England. Yeah, keep Across going. the Atlantic Sea.
0: Hey. <laughs> we'll oh that my
2: gosh. Um, I'm so jealous. I'm going to live vicariously through you unless I somehow a sneak into a, a, suitcase. a suitcase or find a very uh, cheap flight or, or sugar, a, sh- a sugar, sugar person. person. A <laughs> sugar human.
1: Uh, I'm, I'll take applicants. Let me know. Right, mean, um, It's like I put you in a suitcase but the uh, car- the checked bag fees are outrageous. And I'm, I am not fitting under 50 pounds. I No. Will tell and you. I'm going to be so broke after this trip but it's going to be super worth it because I get to meet all these people from all over the world. Oh, and they're like five skaters from Madderall and Dolls alone who are going to play on five different World Cup teams. It's crazy and awesome. Yeah. Um, but I get to announce with some brand new people I've never met before and I get to hang out and see a bunch of roller derby from around the world mm-hmm. and hopefully do some rad interviews while I'm there too for yeah. this podcast. So, so get stoked on that. Yeah. So if
2: you have ideas and if you are planning on being at the Roller Derby World Cup you can also reach out to us about that. Would-
1: podcast at gmail.com yeah. or on Facebook at S-S derby, Roller Derby and Twitter as
2: Yeah, so we would love to see you. Uh, Hammer would love to see you and sit down and chitty chat with you Uh, um, between all the announcing and all of the cheering and all of the Derby excitements. Um, so, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to catching up with some of our friends from Dublin. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's why Chan- I'm,
1: I'm going afterwards. I'm going to spend a week in Dublin after uh, Manchester is done just to enjoy myself. Oh, they'll treat you right there. Yeah. They'll yeah, good.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's going to be a fantastic time. Uh, rainy City, going to put on a good show. Yep. I believe. Yep.
1: I do believe they will. And I believe most of this will be broadcast somehow as well. So you'll be able to follow along with the action. And I highly recommend... Um, keeping up with it. It's not an official WFTDA tournament. This is a totally, it's played under those rules, but it's its own unique thing. Blood yeah. and Thunder puts it on. So look for the, uh, you can go on Facebook to find out more about it, or the webpage has all the info to how to like stream it and keep up with it. And I'm sure uh, DerbyCentral.net and the Apex uh, will all be covering it as much as they can as well. And I know Derby, Derby Central in particular has been doing like some previews of some of the teams. And so there's lots of good stuff out there that yeah. you can check out to to catch this action. And you can check that out at rollerderbyworldcup.com. That's correct. So that's about it for the show this month. Uh, we should have another one ready to go. I we're we're still sticking with an every other month schedule right now. We probably
2: February ish. Probably
1: February ish. Maybe when I get back from World Cup we'll do we'll get the interviews from that in there and some recaps and some other stuff. We still have, like I said, interviews in our back pocket that we've already done. Sneaky in our back. Saving. We've got a really good one with a couple of ex uh, referees Ooh. to give us some dirt. And we've got some
2: about derby love. Got some decade of derby interviews. Decade skaters
1: reach out to us. We'd love to chit-chat with you too. Yeah, all kinds of good stuff coming up. Um, But uh, keep up with us. Uh, Please, absolutely, if you can, do us a solid and go subscribe to us at uh, we're ssrollerderby.podbean.com. You can also find us on iTunes if you just search something something roller derby. And if you do me a huge favor and go do that, not only subscribe but if you could leave us a review on iTunes that helps our search listings start to boost people. because how she can find us a little yeah. bit more easily. It and makes if, us look legit. If you don't want
2: to do Hammer a favor, you could do me a favor. That's and true. And you could leave review for me and at there.
1: Well, I mean... I it, mean, for if, the podcast. i heard the podcast. For it wasn't me, for but me. If you <laughs> don't,
2: I know. But if you don't want to do like a favor for Hammer, you can do a favor for me and leave a podcast or review.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, that's true. You could whoever you want to do the favor for. Uh, one or the other of us, both of us, or I don't know, Krampus, but like whatever. Just leave us a review And you can review us on Facebook as well. And I think Podbean has that too, but the iTunes is the really important one. So uh, yeah, do us a solid, go subscribe wherever you can, follow us on all the social medias, Uh, talk to us, we're we're out there, we're talking back. Uh, We want to be engaged with our community as much as possible, as opposed to just sitting here in a studio talking at each other, which is lovely. And Ah. shout out as always to the fabulous WORT studios here in Madison, Wisconsin for letting us uh, come and uh, use their nice microphones. Love them. Back Porch Radio. Woo! Woo-hoo. So thanks so much for joining us. I have been Hammer Abby. I'm Alligator, Gator. And we will see you, or hear you, or talk at you, I guess is more appropriate, next time on the Something Something Roller Derby Podcast. <laughs> <Wah-wah>. <laughs>
2: The opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the people speaking them and do not reflect the opinions or policies of the Mad Roland Dolls or the Women's Flat Track Derby Association. Special thanks go out to Twitch for the loan of his microphone at Champs. Everyone involved in making WFTDA Champs happen, but especially Mr. Whistler and the entire amazing crew of announcers. To the Glebe! To the Glebe! Uh, thank you so much to Eleanor Roosevelt and Catherine for the best Champs homestay accommodations with added puppies and kitties. And Diamond Ruff and Chad for the warm Minnesota hospitality. Our teammates, friends, and lovers who support this nonsense. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SS Roller Derby. You can also write us at ssderbypodcast at gmail.com with questions, comments, requests for advice, or compliments. Thanks for listening and remember, don't, don't hate, hate Roller Skate. skate.